Welcome back for day three of week five of our look at the book of Isaiah. We're going to end our look today at how God's true comfort is shown in our lives from Isaiah 40. We've looked at the truths that God comforts our guilt with his grace. He comforts our frustration with his way. He comforts our days by being our shepherd. There's a fifth truth in this chapter, and that is that God comforts our worries by displaying his power. He helps us to see our worries for what they really are when we look at his power for what it really is. Part of the comforted life is recognizing the wonderful, awesome truth about who God really is. Because when you recognize this truth, this simple principle emerges. Don't compare God to anyone. Don't compare God to anything. You worship God as unique. He is incomparable. Now, I'm going to read in in this particular point a good number of verses from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40. Because when you look at these verses, they simply speak for themselves about the power of God. There are, in this chapter, some of the most amazing verses about God's power than there are in all the rest of the Bible. So let's just walk through this. In verses 12 to 14, we're reminded, don't compare God to his creation. Worship him as creator. That's how he deals with your worries. Don't compare him to his creation. Worship him as creator. 12 to 14. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who has understood the mind of the Lord, or instructed him as a counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him, or who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? No, he's our creator. We can trust him with our worries. And then verses 15 to 17 remind us, don't compare him to the nations. You worship him as almighty. Verses 15 to 17 say this, Surely the nations are like a drop in the bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. So the worries that we have in this world, when we compare them to the greatness of God, even the greatest of nations is nothing to him. So even the greatest of your worries, he can deal with that worry. And then in verse 18 and verses 21 to 26, we're reminded, don't compare him to an image, to an idol. Worship him as God. Let me read those verses. To whom then will you compare God? What image will you compare him to? Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the foundation of the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy. He spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught, and he reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground, than he blows on them, and they wither, and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. That is the power of Almighty God. And don't miss that invitation in verse 26. Lift your eyes. 
Lift your eyes to the heavens. Lift your eyes to God. The way to deal with the greatest of worries is to look to the greatness of God. That's what prayer does. You, you, you cast all your cares upon him by looking to him. You, in, in prayer, give all your anxieties to him. And then you recognize his greatness and he calms your heart. When you face the difficulties of life in this world, you can try to comfort yourself or you can try to receive God's comfort. To comfort yourself is compare yourself to others. We, we do this little trick where we say, well, my worries aren't so bad because look at their worries. Look at what they're going through. Or my worries aren't so bad because look at the mess they've made in their lives. We make our feels, ourselves feel better by other people's tragedies and crises and difficulties. Well, obviously that's not going to last because one day you're going to face a worry. You're going to face a difficulty that's the greatest one you've ever seen, the greatest one that's around you. No, you need something greater. So you receive God's comfort. You lift your eyes to the incomparable God. Now, there's a sixth truth in Isaiah chapter 40, in the most familiar verses of Isaiah chapter 40 to most of us, about how God gives comfort into our lives. The sixth truth is God comforts our weakness by giving us strength. This power that we just talked about, this greatness of God, God has decided to use all of that power to give you strength. So Isaiah 40, 27 to 31. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. He's talking in these verses to those who are weary and tired. In fact, he uses those two words together four times in these few verses. So if you're tired or weary, these are the verses for you in the scripture. Even youths, he says, grow tired and weary. You don't have to wait till you get old to grow tired and weary. There are things in this world that wear us out, that tire us. But God never grows tired or weary. So he says here, those who hope in the Lord, who never grows tired or weary, they will renew their strength. And he talks about what will happen. He says, you will have strength to soar, to face life's biggest challenges. You will have strength to run, to emerge victorious from life's wearying trials. You will have strength to walk, to endure with hope and with strength the dailiness of life, strength to walk through that. Those that hope in the Lord will have all of those things in their life. Now, this word, those that hope in the Lord, you've heard it maybe said, those who wait upon the Lord. And really, both of those ideas are in this word. That word has to do with hopeful waiting, waiting on God instead of waiting for the answer, waiting in hope rather than waiting in discouragement. How do you wait? That's one of the questions in these, in these verses. My way is hidden. My cause is disregarded by God. That's what the people of Israel were saying at the beginning of these verses. Do you wait in depression or anger? Where is God in the midst of this? Or do you wait on God? Do you hope in God during the times of waiting, knowing he's with you, knowing that he has an answer? Waiting is trusting. Trusting. 
Those who trust in the Lord, they will mount up, they will rise up like an eagle rises up, soaring on the winds. When an eagle soars on the winds, you don't see a lot of movement of its wings. It just stretches out its wings. And because God has designed the eagle so that it could catch the updraft of the winds, it soars. God has designed your soul to catch the updraft of his power, of his love. So what do you need? What do you need to do to begin to catch that power in your life? You trust. Like the eagle stretches out its wings, you stretch out your arms, your hands, your, your heart up to God and say, God, I simply trust in you in this moment. Waiting is trusting. So right now, let's trust in him. Just say, Jesus Christ, I trust in you. I'm not waiting on myself. I'm not waiting on the answer. I'm not waiting on somebody else. I want to wait on you. I put my hope in you, not in the circumstances, not in anybody else, and not even in me. I put my hope in you. And so even during those times when I feel at my weakest, I pray that you would give me strength. Maybe it's not the strength to feel strong, but it's the strength to see you strongly working in my life to see you doing things that no one else could do, to see you giving hope where no one else could give hope. Right now, Jesus Christ, I put my hope in you. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. Well, tomorrow we're going to look together at the four words that give the strength of God's comfort in every circumstance of life.